let's play a game. Again and welcome to another edition of Is It Worth It? Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, what I normally do is pull a game off the shelf that is rare and or valuable, typically both, and I play it and tell you whether or not I feel it's worth owing... <laughs> owning at its current eBay price. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and today we're talking about, well, normally I'd say a game name right there. But I didn't really have a game prepared for this month, and with the holidays and my birthday and everything going on, it was kind of difficult to get any real playtime on any game. And I could do a short review over a game that's worth a lot of money that's short, like, say, Metal Storm or something. And I considered that, um... But that felt like it would be a disservice to all you. And I was in correspondence with our good friends over at the RPG show. And uh, through this correspondence, he shot me a couple of questions. And that made me think, you know what, his second question in there would actually make a pretty decent episode for the show. So, well, I'll start with his first question, and I won't read his email because that would require me to pull it up, and I'm lazy as shit. So the first question was essentially, though, he asked me, um, w when I invested in a game, uh, a high-dollar game, did it upset me when it was re-released, uh, either on Virtual Console or just re-released, remastered, whatever, because normally when this happens, it does reduce the price. Uh, this is something that's happened in recent memory with Earthbound being on the uh, Wii U Virtual Console, or uh, Sukoden, I believe Sukoden 2 uh, has been announced to be released or has been released. Um, it really doesn't affect me at all. I could see where some people would be very upset about this, you know. Uh, I liken it to... Uh, Magic the Gathering, and then there's probably five of you that are going to get this reference, but in Magic, uh, you have all these different sets, and the earliest of which has what is called a reserve list. Now, these are cards within the Magic game itself that they promised they would never reprint, and as a result, all the cards that are, you know, very playable in the oldest formats are um, quite valuable because, you know, there's a very finite amount, and less so as every year passes on, some of them get damaged or destroyed in one way or another, and more players emerge, and they become harder and harder to get, and Wizards of the Coast, the makers of Magic, have refused to print these cards again, and, and it's driven the price of some of these cards that just, even five, six years ago, were $15, $20, some of them are three, four, five hundred dollars uh, and it's just ridiculous. And what it's doing there is it's killing the original formats. Now, obviously, that's not what is happening with the game world because there aren't formats or anything like that where you play these older games. But what it is doing is it's forcing people to either not play these games or to do so through illegal means. And I really don't mind emulation. You know, it's something I've dabbled with here and there. I prefer personally to own the original version of these games, but... If it's the only way that you can play a game, go ahead and emulate the damn thing. Um, that being said, um, I like 
that, you know, these, these things are games. They were meant to be played. When I go to someone and, and they say, Oh, you're that guy, you know, that collects games and, and you must really know a lot about them. I say, yeah, you know, I know more than the average bear. And they say, what's your favorite game? And I say, Oh, it's Snatcher for the Sega CD. And I get a blank stare, you know, that because your average gamer has never even heard of Snatcher. Now they've probably heard of Hideo Kojima who, who created it. And then, you know, I go on to say, well, this was the game he made before he made uh, Metal Gear. And they're always that kind of piques their interest. And oh yeah, I didn't even know he did that. And you kind of explain to them and then they want to play the game and you explain to them, well, it's $350 for a copy of that, not to mention you'd have to buy a Genesis and a Sega CD if you didn't already own one. Um, that's kind of ridiculous. You're looking at $500 just to play a game, so of course just emulate that fucker. Um, if they were to release Snatcher tomorrow, you know, I've had my copy for 20, I don't know, 22 years or something, you know, since I was a literal child and um it's very near and dear to me i love the fact that it's worth a lot of money now because if i ever really got down and out i could sell it but would it devastate me if it dropped 200 dollars tomorrow no because i have no intention of selling it you know I, I have no intention of selling most of my games that isn't to say if they were to go to astronomical amounts you know if i have a game that at some point reaches the two or three thousand dollar mark well I'm not really caring at that point how good a game that is. It's a video game. That's a ridiculous amount of money for a game. I mean, that's a shitty car. You know, I could buy a car for that kind of money. So if something got to that, you know, height, I would, I would just sell and then uh, emulate that game if I ever had the desire to play it. Um, I, I do feel that emulation does lose something when you're playing these games. They always just feel a little better, play a little better on their original hardware. But, hey, emulation's a close second, you know? So, in answer uh, to your question, Mr. Brent, um, no, it really doesn't piss me off. I would actually prefer that they released all these older games so that everyone else would have a legitimate way of playing them. Now, a second question is actually what I wanted to discuss on the podcast, in, um, you know, uh, make a big podcast over, and that was just general game collect collecting uh, tips and tricks and, you know, how to get into it and and should you get into it and things of this nature. Um, one moment. My throat is very dry. It's uh, cold and flu season and I have not escaped that. Let me get a, a swig of this here Pepsi. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's good radio. <laughs> anyway, so basically I just want to go over some things as far as uh, collecting are concerned. Um, Firstly, let's say, should you collect? Well, I, I believe that collecting anything is, is just a good way to spend your time and money. It's certainly a lot better than getting into drugs or alcohol or something like that. I do drink myself, and every time I do, there is a thought in the back of my mind is, wow, this is a lot of fun. Um, I like being buzzed, but after it's gone, it's gone. With a video game, you get to play it, put it on your shelf, or in a box, in your drawer, under your bed, whatever, and six months, a year from now, you could play it again, or you could sell it. Your investment is, you know, temporary, or, you know, you can even get a bigger return than you invested into it a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, I believe collecting of something that you're passionate about is a good idea. Now, collecting for, say, like right now, in the video game world, we're experiencing a uh, balloon or a bubble, if you will, of video game prices. Uh, if you know anything about collecting at all, you know that games that were worth $20 five years ago on 
certain systems are now worth well over a hundred. And that's because everybody at the same time seemingly uh, started saying, hey, I want to start collecting. And I kind of blame the YouTube effect for this. You know, the video game nerd, uh, James Rolfe, and a number of others, uh, they all started doing these videos that became very, very popular. And people saw these old games that never got a chance to play them, you know, before. And they started bringing in a lot of people even people much younger than the systems themselves. One of my uh, friends here locally, one of the few people that I uh, trade video games with that is also a major collector, he's 21 years old, and he collects for the NES. Um, he's literally younger than the system that he collects for. Uh, it, it trips me out every time. Um, but regardless, uh, should you collect for the NES, say? Um... I personally would be leery of collecting for a system that, if you're not already invested, is going to cost you exponential amount of money to get into. So if you were to get into something that's very popular, the Super Nintendo, the NES, right now, um, you're going you're gonna to spend a lot of damn money to get into it. And then in so doing, you're, you're, you'll have a relatively safe investment for a while perhaps, but there's no guarantee that at some point this bubble will pop and all these people that we're collecting are going to try and sell their stuff and then your collection loses quite a bit of value. Uh, you really want to start collecting before things you know, jump up. You know, I used to own a store years ago and I would see the ebb and flow of collectibles. Um, a good example is LP Records, you know. Uh, they got really, really popular about 20 years ago and a lot of this stuff from the 60s and 70s started really going up and the reason they really did was because the people that were listening to those albums when they came out, you know, your teenagers and your early 20-year-olds and, and so on and so forth were now in their 40s and 50s. Um, their kids had grown up, they had expendable income, and they're rebuying their youth. And the same is true for video games. Right now we're experiencing the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo going exponentially up in value because you've got guys like me who are reaching 40 and we have a little extra scratch and we're buying these games up that reminded us of our youth or games that um, we never got to play in our youth, you know, that we really wanted or whatever. And to add insult to injury, we've got all these kids that are coming in too that are buying this stuff. So it's just at this huge bubble and at any time it could pop. So that's why I would suggest if you're going to look into collecting a video game system, try collecting for something that's only five, maybe ten years old. A good example is the GameCube. If you had started collecting for the Cube, uh, say five years ago, um, you would have been able to pick up games like Skies of Arcadia, um, Fire Emblem, uh, Mario's Mansion, Smash Brothers Melee, you know, all these games that are high dollar games for the system now for much, much less. You know, all the games that I just mentioned, I didn't pay 10 bucks for any of them. I own all those. And they're, you know, 70, 80, 100, you know, the ridiculous prices for these games. And, um, you know, you could have got them for a song a few years ago. And now, you know, we're experiencing, like I said, a lot of people that, you know, played these games when they were a kid because you remember the GameCube was more geared towards your 10-year-olds and such. So 
10 years ago, now they're entering their 20s, their 30s, um, they're starting to have a little bit of extra money and they're going, oh yeah, the GameCube. Well, the GameCube wasn't a huge seller. It was the underdog of its generation. And as a result, there's a very finite amount of these things and all the people that, you know, remember it and want to play it now are buying them up and damn things are worth a lot of money. So right now I would suggest getting into well, possibly the Xbox, like there are some titles that are pretty rare on that that should be a little higher than what they are currently. Uh, Xbox doesn't have a whole lot of um, things that I would really consider to be a game that will be, uh, you know, super expensive later on, but it's got some that are going to move up or um, a real good system right now to get into is the DS or uh, the PSP. Um, the PlayStation 2 is obnoxiously low on a lot of its titles, although some of the bigger ones like Haunting Ground and um, uh, Rule of Rose and some of these really rare titles have already started climbing up really high. Maybe get into games that are at the 20 and $30 mark now, games like God Hand, uh, I don't know, Okami, etc. And uh, you pick these up now. Sorry about that. Truck went by. Tried to... Uh, Tried to save you guys from that, but anyway, um, you pick up these games now while they're low. Maybe five, ten years from now, they'll be uh, be worth that you know sixty, eighty, hundred dollar mark. And you pick up your five dollar titles that are ex exceptionally common now. And fifteen years from now, they might be worth thirty, forty bucks. I mean, <sighs> excuse me. Look at Contra for the NES. Um, this is one of the biggest selling games for the NES. I mean, it's no Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, but Everybody had this game as a kid, and you used to see copies of Contra in every gaming store you'd go to. I mean, they'd have five, six copies. Now, it's been probably two years since I've seen a copy uh, in any gaming store, and if you do see it, it's not out with the commons where it should be. It's in the case uh, marked for 35 40 bucks. Um and people will buy it all day long at that price, despite it being ultra common. That's because everybody that collects for the system wants a copy of Contra. It's one of the best games for the system. So, you know, you buy games for the PS2, like, I don't know, Final Fantasy X, Kingdom Hearts, etc. You know, 15 years from now, they may actually be worth money. And these games are great anyway, and they're cheap. And the PS2 is my personal favorite system, despite my two favorite games being on the Sega CD. Uh, PS2 just has way too many good games for me to ignore that, you know. And a lot of them are still just ridiculously cheap. You can find them at most game stores for 3 to $5, you know, most titles. Uh, for just a few hundred bucks, you could have a really massive collection. I was actually looking over my collection the other day and and counting games, and you know, I I assumed that um, Nintendo was going to be by far the system uh, that I had the most games for, and I was right. But not far behind was the PlayStation. I had several hundred. Uh, I didn't think I had anywhere near that, and uh, it's just because you know I buy one here or there. I'll find a lot of ten for you know. 15 bucks or whatever and yeah that, that system is great so uh, maybe get into that now if if you're already a collector and you've got i don't know you know nintendo games laying around and stuff and you're vested in this yeah you know continue to collect for that system even though we're at you know 
high, just just look for deals. And and uh, deals are getting harder and harder to find. There was a time around 2000 when eBay was in its you know infancy that uh, you could get on eBay and buy lots of video games, and there wasn't a million and one people looking at these things. And you could get a lot of 100 games for $100 or whatever. And... I wish, I wish, I wish I had delved into that a little more. My strategy for back then was I would uh, make lowball offers on, you know, a hundred items. Like I'd go through and just like, oh, I'll offer this guy a dollar or whatever. And if I got the highest bid, maybe only one out of 60 I would win. But I'd end up winning copies of games that might be worth, you know, five, ten bucks at the time for a dollar. And uh, I would just... I would just sit there and while watching TV, just kind of peruse through eBay and do that uh, almost nightly, you know, and I got a lot of games that way, but I wish I had bought more lots. Um, now, if you type in lots, you're, you're, you'll find stuff, but it's likely to be like an NES lot of 50 will likely have, you know, six duck hunts, five goals, a couple of racket attacks, some Lee Trevino's fighting golf, you know, these games that are just utter trash and worthless and they're going to want 50 to 100 dollars for games that aren't worth 50 cents a piece so it's very difficult to do any good buying online now the one exception to that is uh, amazon every now and then i still get very lucky there i'll find sellers because uh, a lot of the amazon products don't have pictures to go with them people will just kind of list what they have and they'll say, you know, uh, whatever, whatever, complete in box. And uh, you're just like, okay, well, they say it's complete in box. I don't know what kind of condition, you know, really or whatever, but it's a really good price and you buy it and then you're super surprised. Or sometimes they'll just list a game and they won't say whether it's complete or not, but the price is really great and you buy it and it is complete in box. So that's, that's fun too. I actually um, have a rare copy of wonder dog for the sega cd there's two different versions a green and a red boxed version of the game and uh when i went to buy my copy all the description said was complete in box and i think they wanted 30 bucks for it and i was like okay 30 bucks for a boxed wonder dog is good even if it's in relatively poor condition and i ordered it and when it came in it was the red boxed version which was the much higher dollar and rarer to find uh, you very rarely see the red box version on uh, ebay whatsoever so you know you can find deals like that and that's great uh, the second place that I would look in is uh, gaming forums. You know, there's a number of gaming forums where people uh, buy and trade with each other online. Uh, they've all kind of fallen out of favor to a point, but some of them are still fairly active. Uh, the biggest of which, or the most notable that I've used in the past, was uh, Digit Press, uh, Digital Press, and. You become a member there, and once you get kind of known a little bit, uh, people are more willing to like cut you deals you know, a lot of times because it, they know it's going to another collector. Or um, you can uh, sometimes just get people that don't know what they have uh, or just haven't updated their ideas of what games are worth. And, you know, that's it kind of sounds like, oh, that's kind of scummy, not telling them, but... <laughs> You know, I feel like personally, if you're going to sell something, you should have some kind of knowledge of uh, how much you want for said item. I'm not, it's not my job to tell somebody, hey, you know, uh, this thing you're selling here is actually worth quite a bit more than uh, what you're asking for it. 
And a lot of times on DigitPress, people will uh, list their stuff and then you just send them a PM and you say, hey, what would you take on this? They don't list a price. And uh, that's how I got my Space Adventure Cobra for the Sega CD, actually. Uh, it's been some time ago, but the individual that was selling it, I asked him uh, numerous games for the Sega CD at the time because he was getting out of collecting for it. And uh, I think I asked him for Flick, uh, or Flink, Flink, BC Racers, and... Uh, the aforementioned uh, Space Adventure Cobra. And he said, oh, I'll take 20 for Flink, which is about right at the time. I'll take 10 for BC Racers, which was a pretty good deal at the time. Uh, oh, I also got Prince of Persia boxed complete for $5, which is really good. And then he said, I'd also take $5 for Space Adventure Cobra. And um, I said, yeah, I'll take them all. Uh, because, you know, at the time, Space Adventure Cobra was worth over 100 bucks, and now it's well worth over 2 And he sent me a very mint-conditioned copy of Space Adventure Cobra, and I did feel a little twinge of guilt, but I knew if he was only asking me $5 for it, then he didn't pay anywhere close to $5 for it. So, you know, he got his money back or whatever, and he was never the wiser, and I got a good deal out of it. So sometimes you can get stuff like that, too. And I ended up buying quite a bit more games from the guy, all at decent prices so you know he made his money and it turned out he was going to be uh donating all the the carts he didn't sell to a buddy of his to uh sell in his uh, local game store anyway apparently his friend owned a local game store and he was just gonna turn those into him whatever he didn't sell so i i really feel like he didn't care about the money value and i i did feel a little bit more scummy about not telling an individual rather than a uh, store because i feel like a store a lot of the time especially if it's a uh, more conglomerate store like a vintage stock or a, uh, a game traders that uh you know they put a price on the thing i'm paying the price they said whatever um another good place to look is uh flea markets a lot of times you get people that will uh, you know not really know what they have they'll they'll buy things from estate sales and things like that which is another good place for you to find games but you know if you're just looking for games, estate sales probably aren't the best way to go. If you're just collecting and reselling just all kinds of stuff, that's really good. So you let these guys go and buy these things from estates and then uh, try and resell them through the flea markets and stuff. And then you find them and uh, pick them up. Now, the last five years or so, people have really gotten uh, wise uh, for the most part as to game collecting. And it's actually kind of been a detriment uh, lately when you go to these flea markets a lot of the times uh, they they think they have way better shit than what they actually have uh, again used to five eight years ago you could go to these things and buy hundred dollar games you know every other month for a couple of bucks you know that's how I picked up a number of the high dollar games in my collection but um Nowadays, that doesn't really happen. Nowadays, you go and they're going to want 20 bucks for a Mario Duck Hunt because it's super rare. Uh, you know, they don't put, they've just put enough time into, uh, or heard just enough about the hobby to know that it's popular right now. And so that can be a detriment. The same is true for most game shops. Um, as I mentioned, vintage stock, game traders, all these type of places. Um, you can still find deals at those places, but not like you could a few years ago. A few years back, like I think it was maybe five years ago, I, as as an example, I bought um, uh, Zombie Nation, uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers 2, and Punch Out 
from game traders in the same day and one of them I got for free because they were all 395. Um Zombie Nation of course is now worth over 200. Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2 is like 150 bucks and Punch Out was an extra cart for me anyway. I already had a copy, but at the time it was 20. I believe now it's $30. So, you know, you could really get them back then. Another time I actually bought a uh uh, DuckTales 2 Complete for $5, which uh, Complete like that has got to be worth 300 And uh, that same day, I also bought uh, Pirate's Gold Complete Boxed uh, for the Sega Genesis and the original Shining Force Complete Box for the Genesis. Uh, again, very cheap. Now, you don't find deals like that as much anymore. You'll still find them occasionally. Uh, this past year, I managed to find a copy of... Uh, uh, God, I can't even think of the name of it. Not going to come to me. Uh, Metal Warriors? Yeah, Metal Warriors for the Super Nintendo. And um, if you know anything about that game, it's one of the rarest and most sought after for the Super Nintendo. And it's going up over $200. And I got it for 3 bucks. Uh, it was a just a result of them, you know, not looking it up when they put it on the shelf. They just assumed it was common or whatever. So I got it for a cheap price. Um, like I said, that doesn't happen much anymore. I still find a lot of $30 titles, uh, your Brave Fencer Musashis, your, uh, I don't know, you know, things of that nature. I still find those relatively often for 4 and $5, and I pick them up, and I've got a big um, sack of goodies, which is my next tip when collecting is, um, oh, well, to finish up where to buy games, excuse me, um, the, one of the best places you can go is during the summer season or if you're in a warmer climb and you have these all the time uh, is garage sales. Um, garage sales are great. You just go to a garage sale uh, regardless of what you see on the table. I don't care if all you see is, you know, books and baby clothes. Go up to whoever's running it and just explain to them, say, hi, I'm uh, I'm interested in games. I'm a, I'm a game collector. And uh, if you have any video games for sale, I'd be interested in buying them. And you would be surprised how often people don't even consider that games could be worth anything. And they'll, they'll say, well, what do you mean games? And you say, oh, you know, like Atari, Nintendo, Sega Genesis, anything like that. And you start naming off some of these older systems and these people that are in their 40s and 50s and 60s especially. And they'll say, oh, yeah, the, the kids left one of those here. Oh, yeah, we've got one of those boxed away in the closet and you say, well, you know, whatever you got, I'd, I'd be willing to uh, look at and make an offer on. And, and they go get it. And you, you say, you know, hey, you know, uh, this I'm interested or I'm not interested or what do you think you want for it? And make, make a deal that way. You can find some really great stuff that way. And again, these people don't even know that they have this stuff, you know, or remembered that they had whatever it was in the closet. They go, oh, yeah, I do have an old Nintendo or whatever. And even if it's stuff you already own, you already have a Nintendo that's working or whatever, if it, if the price is right, buy that shit and flip it on eBay or, or sell it to a friend or put it on Craigslist or whatever. Get a few bucks out of it. Get something you want. Do a little work to, to get the things you want, you know, um, it's very common for me to find something like right now I've got three or four PS2s. Um, I have a, a bag of goodies and that's what I was going to get into on my next point, um, of just games that I've found that, you know, there's stuff I already own, but these are titles that are sought after. Um, you know, I've had in the past two copies of, uh, Tron Bond, uh, two copies of uh, mighty final fight, um, Currently, I have 
two copies of multiple RPGs over a lot of different platforms. And, you know, these are things that I already own, but if I walk in a game store or see them in a garage sale or whatever, uh, I don't just, like, you know, think to myself, oh, well, that's a $30 title for five bucks, but I've already got it and I've walked past it. No, no, grab it up, you know, pick that up um, and put it in your bag of swag, you know, and then when you go to uh, like a gaming convention or something like that, you know, or uh, the Retro Game Society has a different, for different areas, uh, you can join in on Facebook and um, get together with these people that are like-minded that collect games and you can uh, say, hey, here's what I got, make all kinds of trades, they do meetups and things like that. <laughs> Sky's the limit, man. So get your bag of swag together and... Um, you know, or or just flip it and sell it on eBay and buy something you want, whatever. But I always keep a, a bag of 20, 30 games around as, a, you know, just in case kind of thing. And like I said, it's, it's, just, it's just smart business. Okay, another real quick, like, I don't know to suggest this or not, but um, something I've done in the past is uh, I have a knowledge, a rudimentary knowledge, if you will, of other popular collectibles outside of things that I am interested in. Uh, like, like I may have mentioned before, I used to own a comic book slash record store a number of years ago. Now, why it closed is somewhat convoluted but the short answer is my father uh, and I ran it together and he got sick and we had to eventually close it but during the course of the many years that I helped run this store I learned general prices of things that I wasn't overtly interested in things like comic books records baseball cards you know other sports memorabilia, etc. Um, prices of action figures like the old Mego toys, Star Wars figurines, um, movie collectibles—you know, just whatever that was collectible. I started to gain like a rudimentary knowledge of this stuff. I had the advantage of owning a store, but I feel like with just a little bit of effort, anyone you know can start learning this stuff. I also have a rudimental rudimentary knowledge of just antiques in general you know because my mother is a big antique collector and through her I kind of learned you know this and that on various antiques and if I'm out and about at a flea market or garage sale or what have you I use this knowledge to buy something that maybe I'm you know not interested in myself but I see oh my gosh that's a you know that's a Spider-Man number whatever, and it's the first appearance of this guy, or, you know, um, learn your big titles, or the ones that are, you know, worth your time in investing in, and uh, spend just, you know, that extra two minutes when you go to a garage sale to look through that tub of records, or that pile of sports cards, or whatever, and see if they've got that, you know, Ozzie Smith rookie card, or, or that, uh, like I said, the, whatever, Iron Man number one or something, you know, it, yeah, you don't want that shit necessarily, but if you have knowledge enough to where you won't pass those deals up too, then you buy that and you flip it into something you want, it, or, you know, you need to pay a bill and you're like, hey, you know what I've got, I've got this ball card I don't give a shit about, or this whatever, and I got it for next to nothing, um, 
So just knowledge is power. And knowing games is certainly, you know, if that's what you're looking to get into, that's what you need to know the most about, obviously. But having knowledge of these other things is going to be a big help to you as well. Keep that in mind. Maybe buy yourself a collectibles book and just peruse the damn thing every night before you go to sleep. Uh, that's actually, I, I do that from time to time. I just kind of look through these old, uh, you know, guides and stuff that I have laying around and kind of, oh yeah, I remember these things or whatever. Or sometimes I go, don't, I saw that at a garage sale three weeks ago or whatever like that. So yeah, just kind of keep that in mind. Some Something else to mention here is... um. I, I did mention like joining forums and getting online and seeing if there's local clubs and whatnot of like-minded people when you're collecting. Um, but also just get in good, become friends with other collectors. That's a huge way to get stuff for your collection. I don't know how many times over the years someone that I, I knew through only gaming has contacted me and said, uh, hey man, do you need this? It's an extra copy. And... You know, that's how I got my Popful Mail. That's how I got um, my, uh, oh gosh, uh, Misadventures of Tron Bon the first time. Um, I can't remember what all else off the top of my head. But many, many games I've picked up just by, you know, doing other deals with these people. And when they find something that's extra to them or of not interest to them, you know, maybe they find it, give you a call. Uh I got in real good and friendly with a local pawn shop that brings in a lot of retro games. They gave me a call uh, earlier in the year, and they said, Hey, you collect Sega CD, right? I said, Well, yeah. And they said, Hey, we got in a copy of Road Rash, and they sold it to me relatively cheap. And the, that same day, they said, Hey, you wouldn't be interested in this. And it was a copy of Stunt Kids for the NES. And I got it for a relatively good price. I also picked up uh, the Bravely Default Collector's set from them, um, relatively cheap. I think I paid 60 bucks. The thing's, you know, much higher than that now, and that actually was then as well. Um, and then one day, I walked in. And I, I just made an offhand comment that, you know, one of these days I'm just going to come in here with a hundred bucks and buy a, a bunch of these commons off you because they had really good priced uh, common NES titles. And the dude said, you know, they're not selling. Uh, pick anything out that I'm selling for four dollars or less and I'll sell it for you a dollar a piece. And I walked out of there with uh, 30 NES games for $30, which is, you know, yeah, none of them were good games. I mean, like, I wasn't picking up $10 games or anything. Like, maybe the highest dollar one would have been, uh, like, five or six bucks. But to get them for a dollar a piece was insane, you know. And uh, they wouldn't have done that if I hadn't become friendly with them and, you know, had dealt with them in the past and so on and so forth. And these are the type of things that you can get, um you know, just by being friendly, you know, so that's, uh, that's another suggestion. And I did, I did fail to mention, uh, in addition to like flea markets, garage sales, etc. pawn shops are, are another really good place to find games, especially if you live in a more rural area. Like I live in, you know, the armpit of America, like the Oklahoma area where I'm at, pawn shops are huge. Every city of 3,000 or more has at least one, if not two, three, four pawn shops. And sometimes, you know, I don't do it as much now. Um, I don't have a lot of free time anymore. But um, 
in the past, a lot of the time I'd take a Saturday or whatever day I had off and I would just literally drive in one direction, um, until, you know, I felt like I'd driven enough, sometimes two, three hours and every little shit burg exit that, you know, I would come to or town I would drive through, I would just, uh, slow down, you know, drive a little under the speed limit and look left and right and see if there was any pawn shops or, uh, uh, flea markets, um, antique stores. I've found all kinds of stuff at, you know, indoor antique stores. You, you can find this stuff just about anywhere. You just have to be willing to look. And, and if you don't really want to look in a place like a, say an antique store, um, a lot, I don't know if they're in your neck of the woods, but where I'm at, they're also everywhere. Just walk in. There's always some kind of proprietor up at the front and they ask if they can help you. That's what they're there for. Say, I'm looking for uh, video games. You wouldn't happen to have any, would you? And that, you know, they might think for a minute and say, oh, you know what? So-and-so has this in their booth or, or, oh yeah, you know what? I've, I've got something over here. I haven't even put out yet or whatever. And, um, it nine times out of 10, when they do have something, it's not anything great but that 10th time you might find some gold and um even if it isn't great you might get it at just a really ridiculous price i actually started buying recently within the past year these um uh, jack's pacific or jack's pacific excuse me um little joysticks that come with various games they've got you know dbz and scooby-doo and you know pac-man and all this stuff and they're really cool looking on a shelf you know and i when they first came out with the things, I was like, ah, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks for these things. And the games are absolute shit, you know. But I walked into an antique store uh, about a year ago and uh, asked if they had games. And they had like four or five of these things for a couple bucks each or whatever. And I thought, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and get these. And I, I bought four or five. And within a couple months, I'd amassed quite a collection. I'm not even sure how many I have now. But I just... You know, I started seeing those things everywhere, and that's a another thing that I feel like uh, would be good for you to get into, because right now you can find those things, like, everywhere for a buck or two bucks or whatever, and, and they look really cool. You just get your rubber band, and you uh, wrap the wire up, fold it, and put your rubber band around it, and put it on a shelf, and line them all up. Man, they look slick, you know, and they're, uh, they're real cheap right now, and it's always stuff like this that ends up being worth money later. So right now, yeah, these are a buck, two bucks because everyone's getting rid of this crap that, you know, it was popular back in the early 2000s. And of course, now it's not popular at all. People are getting rid of it. And then, you know, they're not quality made, really. And uh, people lose the battery backs or their kid breaks them or they just straight throw them in the trash because they feel like they're worthless. And 10 years from now, the damn things are worth 20, 30, 40 bucks a piece. So, uh, now's a good time to get in on that. So that's probably the biggest piece of advice I could, I could give you guys is, is, you know, if you want to get into collecting, uh, games or literally anything else, try not to get into something that is super hot because when things are at their hottest in the collectible market, they're at their highest, you know, and, uh, it's, it's going to be difficult for you unless, unless you're just fucking rich and then collect whatever you want. But part of the fun in collecting, like if I were to win, you know, a million dollars tomorrow or whatever, um, yeah, I could pay off the house and, and the car and set, you know, my daughter up to where she, uh, never has to work again and probably open up a business or something. And then I'd have, you know, 
a few hundred thousand or whatever left over to uh, to buy whatever the fuck I wanted. And I'm sure I would just start ordering all these games off eBay that that I've always, you know, oh, I, I don't want to spend 300, 200 or whatever for that game. But, you know, and so I never buy it, never buy it. And unless I get lucky enough to find one cheap, it just never goes in my collection. I, I'd, I'd buy all these games and I'd amass them overnight. And where's the story in that? Where's the fun in that? You know, part of part of the fun of finally getting that game that you wanted, even if it's through trading, like uh, most recently, uh, I got my Panzer Dragoon Saga at Super BitCon, which is a gaming convention in Oklahoma City that happens every year. It's great. Um, if you ever go to it, definitely definitely send me a message and meet up with me for a drink afterwards or something. I'm, I plan on going every year. So, um, But I went, and I went with my bag of swag and a couple of games that I had deemed not worth it, one of which being uh, Zombie Nation from the very first episode of this show. And I traded those games in to get stuff that I assumed I would never, ever, ever get. Uh, it was oh, mind-blowing to me that, like, it seemed beyond surreal. It was one of the most surreal moments of my life when I walked out of that place. I had Panzer Dragon Saga and Shining Force 3, and those were the two games that were at the very top of my list of things that I was looking for, and I had literally never seen a Panzer Dragoon Saga for sale outside of eBay before, and I'd only ever seen one copy, period, in my life, and that was a buddy of mine uh, had purchased it when the thing first came out, and back then, you know, I, I had no idea that it was going to be uh, so rare, but I was so jealous of the dude because that game was just utterly gorgeous for 1998. But anyway, you know, if I didn't have that story that to tell and that journey of me looking for this game for literally 18 years, you know, I was 35 when I got the game and I first saw it when I was 18 years old and I'd been pining for it since then. But uh, when I first saw it, it was 50 bucks new and I, I couldn't get 50 bucks together to save my life when I was 18. You know, I had rent and stuff, and I was making minimum wage at Walmart, and, uh, you know, all my money went to being able to stay alive. And then when I started actually making a few bucks and had expendable income some years later when, when I got a better job, I, uh, I looked it up, and, and the dang thing is going for $200. And I'm thinking, $200? That's nearly a, a week's paycheck, you know? I'm not going to spend that. And then time goes on, and pfft, it, it's 300, 400, 500, you know, I just never thought I would get it. And then finally getting it, um, after all that time and doing it the way, you know, I had done it, uh, made for a neat story, at least in my mind and just the journey getting there made it so, you know, awesome that, uh, that's part of it. You know, if I had just been rich and just bought it, it would have felt like any other purchase, you know, you don't, you don't remember the time that you, you know, go to the game store and just buy a, a $5 common game and you kind of like it and you put it on the shelf. I mean, you might remember because, hey, that's a, that's a good game. I like that. And you put it on the shelf, but it's nothing to write home about. And, you know, if I had that kind of money, it wouldn't be anything to, uh, no, no feeling behind it. So I feel like if I did win the lottery, uh, I would probably try and collect that kind of stuff that uh, even money couldn't really buy the one of a kinds and the prototypes and stuff like that because it's really the thrill of the hunt that makes this stuff fun. Anyway, um, that's probably way more than I should have, uh, uh, talked about game collecting, but it is, it is something I'm just really, really passionate about. And, um, uh, I could probably just go on 
hours and hours about where I got this game and where I got that. So I'm very lucky to have this forum in which, you know, some of you listen to me uh, rant about it and such. Um, anyway, if you want to contact me, you can find me at SimmonBelmont at Outlook.com. That is Simmon with an E and not uh, an O. And you can also check me out on Twitter at RetroKel, K-H-E-L. Um, definitely check out our friends over at the RPG Show. Uh, Mr. Brent of the RPG Show has recently become a father, and that's something that is also relatively recent to me, so I uh, relate to that. He also had a, a baby girl, and she is precious. So um, be sure to go over to his Twitter page and uh, or or just wherever his forums and, and congratulate the guy on, on, on having a kid and uh, wish him well and, and check out their channel as well. Uh, they most recently did an episode over, um, Digimon world, I think. And, uh, you know, as much as Brent tried to, uh, defend the game, he was also kind of simultaneously reluctantly saying, you know, just how bad the game was. Um, and, uh, apparently their next game will be, uh, Paladin's Quest, which is a, a favorite of mine for the Super Nintendo that, uh, that I own, but doesn't really make it into the show as a box copy only goes for about 50 bucks. It's not really uh, anywhere close pricey enough for me to be like, okay, I can, you know, I've, I've done a number of games in the 50 range, but, uh, but a loose copy is still only like 20, 25 bucks. So, but I do recommend the game. It's kind of a dragon warrior clone. It takes a little bit to get used to, but I, I'm very eager to, to hear them talk about it. And if I can find some free time around the time they're doing it, maybe I'll poke my head in on that episode. Uh, if I can work the details out on that, that is about it. Also, you know, I want to thank Derek and Don for letting me do this as of always. Those, those two guys are great. And obviously you're already listening to their show. Um, I guess that's about it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening uh, to an old guy ramble about his collection. We'll see you next time. It's what I do. Do you see anything in the yard that I can give to you? I'm not a hoarder. I just like to collect things. I don't have jewelry or diamonds. find my back porch I doze in a hammock in the muta shorts I found some steel drums that had seen better days I'll fix them up and play them anyway I may be a character but I'm doing okay doing okay I ask the Lord Sailing today, That cigars came in When I look at them I close my eyes And I'm off to the Caribbean I'm working on a surfboard shop Right inside of my home You gotta turn sideways Going from room to room I saw some records On the side of the road I got them all It was
was a heavy load Beach Boys, Jimmy Buffett, this is unreal I can't let them go to the landfill Sanford and Son is my favorite show And my El Camino stays on the road I may be a character, but I'm doing okay Doing okay I asked the Lord for smooth sailing today Smooth, smooth, smooth all the way Smooth, smooth Sleep on the porch Flamingos shine bright In the yard at night By the tiki torch Saturday afternoon We play horseshoes out in the yard We break out some refreshments When we get tired In an old coat chest We're chilling margaritas And later on We're grilling quesadillas Invited, so bring a plate. My date is baking us a coconut cake. You'll know my house cause there's hubcaps on the fence. If you wanna spend the night, you should bring your own tent. I may be a character, but I'm doing okay. 